1: Today, our guest is Pete DeSalvo. Thanks for being on the show, Pete.
0: Thank you, Whitney. appreciate the
1: opportunity. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into your specialty here and why it's important in our business. And But first, I want to remind the listeners to go to the Real Estate Syndication Show Facebook group and uh, get connected there where we can learn from experts like Pete and ask questions and connect with other people in our markets and in other markets. And then also go to LifeBridge Capital where you can connect with me as well personally. So a little about Pete. He's a founder and president of DeSalvo Development Advisors, also known as DDA. More than 20 years of experience in Market feasibility analysis. He's consulted on more than 1,000 multifamily projects throughout 46 states. Pete I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation because we haven't talked about this, I don't know, probably not more than one other time on the show. And so, you know, talking about this analysis and feasibility study I mean, what that is exactly, I'm sure there's listeners that are saying, what is that? And so, and so we need to know what that is and why it's important, but I'd love for you to back up and tell me, you know, what you do and how you got into this type of business.
0: Sure. So I am considered a market analyst and development consultant. I cut my teeth in the mid-90s with national syndicators with uh, the low-income housing tax credit program. Since then, I've moved on to work for a lot of market rate developers and investors, apartments, medical, some student. Our primary product is a market feasibility study or report that says, if you build this, this is how the market will respond. Whether it's an absorption rate, or here are the types of rents you can get, or the the amenities you need to have to achieve these types of rents, and the long-term viability of the project. So we do a lot of that. We do a lot of upfront work for big groups, looking at markets that they should be focusing on, either investing, acquiring, building. And we have a lot of different key market indicators that we look at and say, hey, you should focus in these areas and less in, in other areas. So that generally is in a nutshell, the, the, our market scope.
1: Nice. So when does someone you know, contact somebody like yourself to get this kind of information?
0: Ideally, the, the market analysis portion happens in advance of acquisition or development, but we find too often that we're coming in after the fact. But a developer saying, well, this is the rent I need because this is what I paid for it. And sometimes we're the bad guy saying, well, We understand that, but the market reality is this is what is attainable and you should have come to us early on, at least to give you some sense of if it makes sense or not. So instead of
1: having you there in the beginning to prove what they think, they're bringing you in after the fact to really bolster what they've already projected or hope to project.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, that happens a good amount of times too.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'd like for you to go into like, what is a feasibility study? And, you know, and us kind of go into some of the parts of that study and why it's important.
0: Sure. The core of any feasibility study, no matter what type of real estate product that you have, it comes down to supply demand analysis. So in the case of apartments, for example, it's looking at the housing stock that's there, the competitive nature of that stock. And then those market conditions, you know, what is the occupancy level? Where are some of the weaknesses, strengths of that housing stock? And then comparing it with the demand side, that's generally the demographics, the economics of the area. Is there more demand happening than the supply that you have in a market? That's the ideal situation. And is that demand enough to cater to your particular project? can you get a fair slice of the pie from that demand or do you have competitive advantage or you can get more of that demand than other developers
1: so what's going to be the best use of this type of study you know is it going to be the the person that's doing the ground up development or am i going to use the same type of study if i'm doing value add you know 80s model apartment buildings
0: sure it depends on the person there's value from this product at each level and we cater the type of report we do, depending on what your needs are. So certainly when you're getting into an area, you need some initial feedback to let you know, yeah, it makes sense to continue. The data, those market indicators warrant further investigation. Most of our reports are making their way to investors. So when they want to invest in a project, they'll want to see the underlying market data to say, yeah, this is a strong project. If it's a long-term hold, do the market dynamics exist for something like that especially in those value added projects and on a lot of those older projects that you can come in and buy and fix up a little bit to get more rent there are a lot of other key factors that you want to look at to say yeah it makes sense to purchase this it's got great access to job centers shopping but really looking also at the product type does the, are the floor plans compartmentalized do people feel like they're coming into a spacious apartment Are the bedrooms large enough? There's a lot of small things from a product standpoint that you need to look at as well. So I would say at every level, and then eventually the bank is going to want to see that report as well. So there is value at every point. The biggest value to me is the very first assessment of saying what markets or is your market worth looking at. So there's a time savings, there's financial savings, and then as things go along, there's not going to be big surprises usually. Okay so
1: you know where does this uh the data come from
0: There's a wide variety of data sources I will say that what makes us a lot different from other groups is that we don't rely solely on secondary market data like ACS American Community Survey data we go out into the market we talk to people and we see things that either validate some of those secondary data points or they are opposite and we need to dig deeper but so we use uh, demographer Esri, a lot of other folks use maybe Claritas. As many city, there's a lot of sources at the city and county, for of the markets we get into. And then as it relates to apartment surveys, we actually have staff that will go to each apartment because we found that those big secondary apartment surveys that people subscribe to, they're great for macro. But when we've gone into the market, we found that the data is not to the detailed level that you feel comfortable with it. They'll, and many times, use averages, or the information will just be off. But we'll actually visit the property, and we can identify other things besides what a national database pulls.
1: Okay. So you all are actually traveling to the market, or you have staff that are actually going to the, uh, the apartment building or the location and other probably locations around the area as well. I mean, that's pretty detailed, or, or that's some work.
0: It is. It's what separates us from some other groups that rely solely on secondary data. And some of that, we're considered a boutique firm. Most of the stuff I have my hands all over most of the stuff, but some of the larger firms are having kids coming out of college that are jumping in there. They don't may not know the questions to ask and the analyst may not even be in that market. So we take pride in saying, hey, you know, I'm at your market. I know the types of questions to ask. I've seen so many different things that I'm gonna bring that to bear on your study. What's a typical cost of a report like this? It can range if you're talking preliminary type of assessment, it can just be a few thousand dollars. I would say probably nationally the average is around five to sixty five hundred, five thousand to sixty five hundred for a, a full study. Again, we customize ours to the client so There's times when you just don't need all the fluff and and we want to get to the core issue and, and it'll cost you less.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's a you know when you're considering especially a big development deal, you know, investing a hundred million dollars, you know, five grand to have this type of detailed study is a shot in the bucket. I mean, and, and is great information that you probably wouldn't know otherwise. I love having outside eyes on details like that. You know, whether it's the underwriting or whether it's the market information. You know, somebody that's a third party like yourself that's not biased, you know, or swayed maybe one way or the other.
0: Sure, and I'd like to think on many of the studies that I do that I bring the value in terms of actual rent revenue well exceed the 5,000 for us identifying, Hey, if you know, if you added this amenity, you're going to be able to get $20 more in your rent or whatever the case may be, or, Hey, we're underpriced. You may have bought a value added asset, but the reality is today without making any improvements, you could jump your rent. So we'd like, in many cases, we're more than paying for that. Just, from that revenue.
1: So, so that brings up a good question. So, I mean, so this report's going to tell us, you know, what amenities to even add or how it's going to increase the value if we do, or if it's even needed. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? What else? And, you know, how detailed is that? I mean, that's amazing information for us to have.
0: Sure. So by us physically going into each of the markets, we understand what amenities are attached to each of the apartments that allow them to get to those rent levels. So if, a developer wants to get to a certain rent level and we see majority of the projects that are getting achieving this here's the type of amenity that they offer we need to take a hard look as to you know why we wouldn't be offering that but there are some amenities that are kind of the rent up amenity you know when you get larger projects and if you have to put a pool in there a lot of developers will say nobody ever uses the pool which is often the case but the reality is it's a rent up amenity and if people are looking at several apartments and you're the one without a pool or a fitness center, you know, even I like to think I would be working out all the time with a membership, but the reality is people don't do it a lot, but it's to have that there, the run-up amenity is really important. So we'll look through all of those, not only project amenities, but unit amenities. Are you in a market where all the appliances are stainless steel, the countertops are court. you know, whatever the case may be, and what do we need to have to get to these rent levels that you're asking?
1: That's a good point. that so you brought up to like project amenities versus the unit amenities. So you all are going to help us to think through, should we go the extra, you know, put in the extra investment and put in granite as opposed to a cheaper type of countertop? Is it going to get us the extra rent to make that justifiable? Is that correct?
0: Yeah. And a lot of it's going to have to do with the size of your project. If. All developers have a different number, and maybe it's 70 units, maybe it's 100 units, where they say, "Here's where I can start to pay for amenities, project amenities." You know, if you have 40 units, for example, um, you, it's not realistic to think you can put project amenities into the property. So we want to make sure that you're also not adding amenities that aren't going to see a revenue benefit. You know, just to add them.
1: And how long does a report like this normally take?
0: It's usually a four to six week process we have some developers that run to us really quickly and need something sooner we may be able to do a preliminary but sometimes we'll pass them along to some of those larger groups that you know that are pushing studies you know there are the Walmart of market studies that are pushing them through so usually a, a 4 week is pretty much the minimum standard
1: and anything else like good or bad or anything else this report's going to tell us that we need to be familiar
0: with sure so Some of the indicators that we want to really take a good look at, some of those key market dynamics that we want to make sure exists is what's the market exposure of your property? Are you getting enough traffic that's driving by the property? If you're not, that has shown to be a big issue in markets where if you have, let's say, less than 10,000 cars a day that can see your property, that means you're going to have to put more money into marketing. You're going to have to have Leasing agents may be running out every morning to try to put a sign to attract, but that's one of them because you want to have as many people know about that. You never know how they're going to. They may refer somebody, hey, I saw this apartment as I was driving by. That's really important. The surrounding land uses, they're not thought of a lot of times. And if the uses are not complementary to residential living, if it's light industrial or mini storage or other types of uses that aren't great, really compatible that's something you want to take a strong look at. I guess the other thing is when we talked about a little bit is digging into your product, your floor plans and looking at your unit mix. Are you really heavy in one unit size and how does that relate to the demand? And sometimes there are areas where people just don't want to live. They're living there because the market is really strong and that is happening across the country. So you have folks acquiring properties that are 95% or higher occupied and they think they're getting a great value or maybe they're overpaying for that. But if there's a hiccup in the market, sometimes that's the first one to get hit. And we need to make sure that there's some, those strong fundamentals are there so that you get through that time.
1: Awesome. That's some great information. Make sure strong fundamentals are there. Uh, digging in the floor plans, unit mix. You know, yeah, and that, you brought up the surrounding land uses, and I don't hear people talk about that, but it could be so important. You know, knowing, like you said, if is it industrial or storage or something that's not complementary to a residential space if we're developing a multifamily apartment building? So earlier you mentioned the absorption rate and other key market indicators. Would you just explain what that is a little bit for somebody that hasn't heard those terms before?
0: Sure. So absorption rate or rent up, as it's often referred to, if you're opening a new project or you're gutting another one and reopening it, how many units can you expect to rent every month until you reach a stabilized occupancy? So if you have 100 apartments, how long is it going to take you to get to rent 95 of those apartments? And we will come in and say it's X number of units, an average X number of units a month, and that we would expect you get in to stabilize occupancy by a certain time. Now, there isn't some importance to the timeline because once you get past a year, you start to incur some turnover. And if you're looking a year, sometimes two years for a rent up, banks will frown upon that. They don't want to see a project in a really long term rent up. So that's another important factor. So
1: what's the hardest part of getting a study done like this? Maybe as the operator or the developer, what's the biggest issue we're going to have?
0: That's a good question. It is, and I hate to say it, it is unique to. It just depends on the market and the product type. Certainly, as it relates to new construction, we keep finding that the developer will come back and say, the construction was more than we expected, we need to get much higher rents. And they come back to us saying, please look at this again and tell us why this $1,200 rent can't be $1,400 a month. That's probably our biggest challenge and developers' biggest challenge is you get construction estimates and then by the time it's built, it's a whole nother number.
1: Wow. So what's a way, Pete, that you have improved your business recently that we could apply to ours?
0: Well, we have incorporated GIS, a real heavy mix of GIS with our market data, so that a syndicator investment group can come to us and say, Hey, we're looking at this metro area, we're looking at or tell us where to look and we can provide Maps that highlight those strong markets. Some of those key things that sometimes we lose sight of some of the easiest measures of a market. So we'll look at the building activity in the market, the actual permits that are occurring, and the renter household growth. In some of the markets, we see that the building permit activity over five year periods exceeded that growth and those also happen to be some of those markets where they're like hey they have, they're overbuilt now they have high vacancy rates well guess what we could see some of that before ahead of time through looking at building activity versus what renter household growth is so um and employment as well so i would say our gis is probably our our newest tool and we can provide online maps as well so if you're in a market you can search through and see hey i'm not an area that we should be thinking about.
1: What's one thing that you would say has contributed to your success, Pete?
0: Keeping an open mind and really having the experience of being all across the country and seeing mistakes made and you know lessons learned and, and really giving that information to my new clients.
1: Nice. And uh, before we have to go, tell us how you like to give back.
0: Well, occasionally we like to do some pro bono work. For some of the local nonprofits and provide them some, you know, if they're looking to get a new business and provide them some market support and say, here's some research that, and that helps to forward their mission.
1: Nice. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you.
0: Well, our, our website is ddadvise.com. It's D as in David, D as in David, advise.com. Our contact information is on it. Thank you very much.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Pete. That's a wrap. Thank you So head over to LifeBridgeCapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to me directly.
0: Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital